It is time for us to begin our midday program here on the Rural Radio Network. KRVN here with you as always, and we are here on a Thursday. Uh, cooled off a little bit, sort of Thursday. In fact, we saw a little bit of rain. We saw a little bit of snow. Nothing too crazy, but when it did snow and rain, it snowed and rained pretty hard. And I mentioned earlier, it was about 10 uh, 1030 last night. It was snowing really hard for a while and i kept thinking gosh i said there was not going to be any snow accumulation and i i might be in trouble for that but uh it wasn't too much anyway susan littlefield is here with us this morning good morning susan how are you good morning we just got rain did you yeah we managed it, we managed to get a little bit of uh snow in there but it didn't really last very long so it worked out it worked out <laughs> How much rain, did you get very much rain, or was it kind of a short period of time like so many other people? No, we got almost three-quarters of an inch. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was thinking, what would that equivalent benefit have been snow? Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> a lot more, exactly. <laughs> a lot more. I can't do the math this time of the morning. What do you got for us today, Susan? Well, we're going to get an update with the Angler Journey coming up here at 1219. The Biodiesel Board has got a new chairman and some workings going on. We'll get an update on that from Bryce at 1245. And then at 117, I'll give you an update of some neat things happening within the sheep industry. So a great Friday Eve going on for the farm team. I like that. Friday Eve. That's uh, I think we should I think that should be the new name for now on. Don't you think it just make life better? works for me <laughs> all right thank you susan appreciate it thank have you. a good day you too we'll turn it over to jason jorgensen and uh, see what he's got going on in sports good morning jason hey thanks scott well nebraska heads out on the road this weekend to take on maryland this is a matchup between a couple of struggling teams of course the huskers have dropped four in a row maryland has lost seven out of their last eight we'll talk more about this uh, matchup coming up sports also the unk volleyball team they'll play later on today here in kansas city in the quarterfinals of the miaa tournament lobras are 30 and 0 on the year they take on missouri southern who's appearing in this conference tournament for the first time since 2007 tonight's match begins at five from the high v arena we'll bring it to you over on 93.1 the river and on the river app and the nebraska women and the unk women's basketball teams both rolled last night the huskers they improved to five and zero with an easy 73 39 win over southern and the lopers went on the road and shot a season high 54 percent from the floor as they blew out shadron state 27 to 10 all of those stories and much more coming up in sports all right, thanks a lot, Jason. Enjoy your time in Kansas City, and we turn it over to Bob Rogan. Stocks uh, are are down a little bit today. Still some trade concerns uh, driving stocks. It's that old nemesis uh, trade that the trade uh, mm-hmm. t- trade and tariffs issue. Stocks falling as uh, traders are continuing to be concerned that the U.S. and China won't agree on a trade deal this year. Tech stocks and consumer product makers posted some of the bigger losses today. Applied Materials gave up 4.4%, and Kraft Heinz lost 2%. Americans purchased more homes in October, though sales were held back by a shortage of available properties. And General Motors is recalling a number of pickup trucks. 
Okay. Well, that's all coming up on Mid... When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listing area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney. This is why they have the interstate shut down. Water's over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that, obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880-KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. Time for us to check in on our weather, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. See how the weather is impacting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in studio now, not on location uh, this time. So yes. how was that barbecue, by the way? Uh, very delicious. <laughs> and, and, and they were giving us plenty of it, so really? we're liking it. So, yeah. Chips and a cookie, and yeah, treat us very well at Gateway. But yeah, the 50th annual Gateway, a lot of people showing up, uh, a lot of people stopping by the booth, and we do encourage everybody to still stop by today. We do have people there. You can get signed up for our Rural Radio Network newsletter and stop on by and give us your comments, and we always enjoy hearing from everybody. Always a good, uh, fun post-harvest show and stuff. Exactly, yeah, and there were quite a few people there, and I'm guessing more today because we did get some uh, decent rainfall amounts across the area. We are seeing some sunshine right now across west-central areas and western areas in Nebraska. Basically, if you're along and west of a line from about Valentine to North Platte, you're seeing some sunshine, but those clouds still hanging pretty tough as you do head into uh, anywhere east of that Valentine to North Platte line and to the south and east across the area. Uh, some nice rainfall totals last night. Most of central and eastern areas of Nebraska saw about a half to three-quarters of an inch of rain, but as you headed towards southwest Nebraska into northwest and north-central Kansas, probably about a quarter to a third of an inch of rain. For today, our temperatures Quite a bit cooler than what we saw with those nice temperatures yesterday afternoon. Uh, that was another nice thing about the, the yeah. show yesterday. The weather was very nice. The temperatures up around 60 and barely any kind of a wind. So it was a really beautiful day yesterday there's, to go to that. There's been a few of those that have been a little chilly. I've been to a few of those cold ones. Exactly. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get in October or November. And, of course, we've seen some warmer days before, too. And that kind of held back on the crowds. But today, quite a few people showing up at Gateway. Moisture storm, low pressure expected to track through the plains with some mainly small snow chances starting up later today heading into mainly tomorrow morning that light snow expected to start up over the tri-state area of southwest nebraska northwest kansas and northeast colorado late this afternoon and then track east through tomorrow morning any accumulations will be less than an inch if you're along in south of i-80 and probably even barely a dusting of snow in much of nebraska tomorrow will remain about 20 degrees colder than what we saw for those nice temperatures yesterday but as we head towards the weekend looking at some decent weather some dry weather was seasonal to slightly warmer than normal temperatures as the ridge of high pressure starts to build onto the plains the warmer day of our weekend will be sunday with highs in the upper 50s to the 60s and then that slight cool down back into some lower and mid 50s as we head towards monday as low pressure approaches on monday light rain will be possible 
This area of low pressure will be quick moving and rather weak with some less precipitation expected. Expected to turn colder on the backside with some small chances of a combination of rain and snow, but nothing too significant through at least uh, early next week. In our long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are likely to be seasonal to slightly cooler than normal for Tuesday through the first four days of next month. Above normal precipitation is likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the U.S. Tuesday through December 4th, especially for Nebraska and Kansas, the middle part of next week. In our latest regional drought monitor, Nebraska remains 98% drought-free. Abnormal dryness continues in the southwest part of Nebraska from Hitchcock to Furnace County. Kansas dropped 10 percentage points to 56% drought-free. Much of west and south-central Kansas is abnormally dry. In most of southwest Kansas, there's moderate to severe drought. Extreme drought is now found from about Garden City to the southwest corner of Kansas. Key weather factors driving the markets include wet and chilly conditions disrupting the U.S. harvest and widespread rain for South America. In the Midwest, moderate to locally heavy rain will keep conditions wet and disrupt corn harvest through the end of the week. Six to ten days from now, also likely to feature more rain and in some areas snow, delaying the final harvest efforts even more. In the northern plains, snow accumulations of six inches and locally more in North Dakota and Minnesota is disrupting their harvest with only slow improvement expected in the next few days. The six to ten day forecast in the northern plains also showing the potential for additional periods of mixed precipitation and periods of cold and unsettled weather will keep harvest either slow or at a standstill. Across Brazil, beneficial moderate to heavy rain is indicated across all major crop areas during the next week. Argentina, it still appears likely that moderate to heavy thunderstorms, possibly severe, will move into all crop areas during the coming weekend. That rainfall mostly beneficial. All right, very good. Well, it looks like uh, weekend going to warm up. This is a nice little run that we've had on mm-hmm. weekends being warmer. Yeah, like yeah, at least one of the weekend days being very nice, and it looks like. Sunday is going to be that one for this weekend. Have you been able to look forward towards Thanksgiving, or is that still a little ways out yet? You know, things are going to be kind of winding down here. I, you know, there's hints of a system maybe at the end of next week, but right now nothing overly significant is uh, nothing pointing to a significant snowstorm okay. headed our way. Maybe some dustings of snow, mm-hmm. one to two inch accumulations by the end of next week, but you know, a little too far out to tell. Sure, sure, because. Uh, things can change in just a two-day this, period. Uh, it, we've certainly we've certainly seen that. So uh, a lot of people traveling on the road. So just a keep, good place to keep an eye on that is uh, where do you like to go, Paul? KRVN.com. The Angler Entrepreneurship Journey. Celebrating success, embracing failure, and inspiring the entrepreneur inside of you. Having a strong team is really what makes this whole process run. Thanks so much for joining. Today's angler journey is a little bit different. Instead of following just one entrepreneur, we learn about a class in the angler program where students are put into small groups and then given $50 to start a business. Any business they can think of. UNL sophomore Isabella Jacobson and junior Mariah Lane are part of a team of three. And this semester, they've brainstormed a lot of ideas for their $50 business. Our team was very interested in like the agriculture technology side of things. And so it kind of worked out well for what our original plan Plan was. was, Yeah, we've kind of pivoted along our way. First, we started out with a leasing business Mm -hmm. and like leasing equipment. And it was a big plan and we were over our heads for sure. We kind of pivoted and tried to find something more fun for us to do. And that's where we got started with 
our business now. And that business is building and selling custom cornhole boards. But the idea didn't come about right away. A week or so after we decided our first business, we kind of all kind of got in a big slump. And it really all went through a text. I was like, hey guys, you know, we're in this slump. Maybe we need to figure something out. Maybe we should pivot. Let's do something more fun. And then we all were like, okay, now what? And I was watching TV, and I just saw cornhole boards on TV, and I was like, wow, maybe this is what's for us. So I texted them. I was like, hey, what if we made custom cornhole boards? Like, and they're like, yeah, let's do that. And then after that, their $50 business had a purpose fueled by a passion. But at first, they were pretty nervous about their pivot, especially in the class's accountability meeting. We were kind of nervous to say, like, we completely ditched one idea and went on with the cornhole, and we're going full send on that. Mm-hmm. But Tom was so excited. He was like, you know, we love when groups pivot because it's better to pivot in the beginning than at the end. So Yeah, he was very proud that yeah. we like figured out that one thing wasn't going to work so fast and went to another. That experience allowed the group of three to recognize the beauty of failure. You can look at it from two different perspectives. You can look at it from the optimistic perspective or the really pessimistic side where you're like, oh my god, our idea failed. But we've really tried to take that like failure, in a sense, and turn it into something that's really successful and that we enjoy doing. And in addition to that learning experience, this class also teaches students the financial aspect of being an entrepreneur with real-world experiences. We had $50, and we had a lot of material to buy at once. And I know Isabel and I went shopping, and at like the first week, we were down like $200. And we were like, Okay, guys, like, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on, people. Sales. We need some money back. But we definitely picked up the pace from the first week. I know the first week we bought enough wood for three cornhole boards, and that took us the entire two weeks. Mm. And, and then, then the next set after that, we bought six, four set, or no, yeah, six, six sets. sets, and we got four sets done, done in, in a one week. week. And so far this semester, the three have faced adversity but found success because they were able to use their individual strengths to benefit the team as a whole unit. A lot of the financing I have been doing, I've been keeping track of everything. Mm. Isabel kind of took on. (laughs) We found out that I really suck at art. I can't even draw a straight line. So Isabel has kind of took on the artistic part of stuff. And their third partner, Ryan Husa, has also played a critical role on their team. He's honestly stepped in a lot on the customer service side. He really likes the public speaking aspect of Mm -hmm. the part. And if you'd like to learn more about those courses offered in the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, just visit angler.unl.edu. Thanks so much for joining. Until next time, I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to check in on sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Scott. Well, the Husker football team heads to Maryland this weekend for the first time since the two schools have joined the Big Ten. Now, for the Huskers, road games have been an issue under head coach Scott Frost as they have won just once away from Lincoln in his nearly two years as head coach. Kickoff on Saturday is set for 2.30. We will bring you the game on 880 KRVN. Second-ranked UNK volleyball team has six players on this year's All-MIAA squad, led by co-player of the year, Julianne Jackson. Jackson shares player of the year honors. Now, for the Lopers, she's on the first team, along with junior middle Anna Squires, junior setter Maddie Squires, and junior right side M.K. Wolf. Making the second team is sophomore libero Lindsay Nottaman and freshman middle Michaela Bartels. 
Finally, Rick Squires is the MIAA Coach of the Year for the third time. UNK begins the MIAA tournament today in the quarterfinals against Missouri Southern, who the Lopers just beat on Friday. Squires talks about having to turn around and play the same opponent twice in the same week. It's not ideal, but, you know, it's probably still better than some of the other alternatives you could have. Um, you know, anybody in the top eight in our league, we just, you know, played a seven seed and was all we could do to escape from that one on our home floor. So Today's match from the Hy-Vee Arena in Kansas City is set to start at 5. We will bring you that match at 93.1 The River and on The River app. Junior Tara Callahan Brady picked up first-team all-GPAC volleyball honors this week. The Concordia Center helped the Bulldogs qualify for this year's NAIA National Tournament. Callahan has established herself as one of the nation's top setters. This fall, she collected five GPAC Setter of the Week awards and was also named the NAIA National Setter of the Week in early September. In her career, she's accumulated more than 2,500 assists, almost 450 digs, almost 250 kills, and over 160 blocks. The Nebraska women's basketball team stayed undefeated last night with an easy 73-39 win over Southern. Huskers have a big game coming up on Sunday against Creighton. And the UNK women outscored Shatteron State 27-10 in the second quarter last night on the road on their way to an easy 82-57 victory. They also are 5-0 on the year. That is a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. An outbreak of hepatitis A in the Midwest has been traced to berries. Fox Jill Nato has that story. Health officials sending out a warning to 11 states. If you got blackberries from Fresh Time grocery stores between September 9th through the 30th, don't eat them. Nebraska and the feds say they traced an outbreak of hepatitis A to those berries. Six people in Nebraska got sick. Five other cases found in Indiana and Wisconsin. The FDA says the blackberries were also sold at Fresh Time stores in Iowa, Illinois, Kentucky, Michigan, Missouri, Minnesota, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Hep A is a virus that attacks the liver and can cause flu-like symptoms. Congressman Adrian Smith honored Pastor Dean Hadle and Shauna Hadle of Callaway as the 2019 Angels in Adoption honorees for Nebraska's 3rd District. The Congressional Coalition on Adoptions Institute's Angels and Adoption Initiative provides members of Congress the opportunity to honor an individual or entity from their district which has made an extraordinary contribution on behalf of children in need of homes. It's the Great American Smokeout, a day set aside by the American Cancer Society to let you know that help and resources are available to those who want to quit smoking. Brian Ortner with the American Cancer Society says for those who are available to put their smokes away, don't give up. Most people take them an average of three times to quit smoking. If you fail the first time, don't give up is probably the biggest thing because it will make a difference. And then resources like Tobacco Free Nebraska is a partner of ours at the American Cancer Society, something local. You can use them as a resource. Again, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Cancer.org. If you go online, go to cancer.org slash smokeout. There is a lot of information there about the conversations you can have with someone who is trying to quit or to help you plan what you can do to quit and also resources to show you how impactful quitting smoking is and how quick putting down that last cigarette has an impact on your body. Ordner says the best way to help a person who is trying to quit is to be supportive. And if they slip up, don't criticize them. Offer to help them get back on track. At the most recent University of Nebraska Board of Regents meeting, Interim President Susan Fritz talks about what was on her agenda for the board and her biggest takeaways was from that meeting. In a word, growth. 
As we were putting together the agenda, we realized we were bringing a significant number of capital projects to the board, so we added them all up. And we realized that in total, we had more than $400 million in facility projects on our agenda for the regions. And I must quickly add, we're not just building for building's sake. We are growing for the benefit of our students and the state. And I think we're sending a strong message about our investment in the future. The regions also heard a presentation from several faculty members from across the Nebraska system who are doing leading research in both agriculture and healthcare in rural areas. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. The Nebraska Legislative Session will officially open up on January 8th of 2020. While not in session right now, lawmakers are still meeting to try to find solution to some of the issues that face Nebraskans. Good afternoon to you on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Brian Stuskit reporting. Senator Seabirdman represents the people of the 47th Legislative District in the Nebraska Unicameral. The senator recently announced his re-election bid for the seat and joined us to discuss some of the issues important to him and his constituents. I believe that... Uh my work isn't done yet. We need to fix uh, the property tax issue. Uh, we have some other issues with ag valuations. The way they are used or uh, calculated now on the sales method is uh, probably uh, outdated and needs to be changed to a production method, and so we're going to try to do that as well. Uh, but more importantly, just reaching out to people and trying to help them solve issues that they have that they can't solve themselves. There's been some big issues that you've decided to uh, try to tackle in your time in, in the state legislature. What have been some of the things and some of the highlights of things you have learned in your time so far? Well, what I've learned here is that uh, it's not easy to get things done because uh, one size doesn't fit all. And sometimes we try to pass legislation that fits everyone in the state and it doesn't work so well. Uh, We are so much different out in the Panhandle than we are in the eastern part of the state. And consequently, we have issues that we deal with that they don't hear. Uh, For example, uh, eastern part of the state... Lincoln, for example, functions on taxes, and the taxes all come here. And so uh, we have the government employees are here, the university employees are here, and all those things that happen in this district here. And so consequently, out west, we function on agriculture. And agriculture is not doing well because of the low commodity prices and high property tax and uh, high-cost inputs. And so... The issues that we deal with in the West are different than in the East, and so I believe it's my job to explain to those colleagues of mine in the East the situation that we're dealing with. What are some of the most effective ways you've been able to communicate the message that you bring from the, the Panhandle of Nebraska to Lincoln and Omaha uh, state senators? Well, I, I have had an opportunity to visit with uh, some of my urban counterparts that understand that we are different, and I do appreciate that. Uh, a couple of us are going to get together this week in this week in Nebraska City and talk about property tax and I mean some urban senators as well as rural and we've got to come to a conclusion what's best for everybody across the state. Property tax is not only too high for agricultural producers but it's also too high for commercial and residential property owners as well. On the topic of property taxes you've got uh, your fingers on a lot of different areas including a petition drive which we'll talk about here in a moment but uh, well, the legislature is not in session necessarily. There have been meetings to discuss that. Have you heard any solutions come from those meetings that you would be a fan of? I have not. Uh, some of the solutions that they're proposing are as they always are. They're treating the symptom. And so consequently, uh, last year we put $51 million more million in the property tax credit program. 
and that was supposed to help with property tax relief. The only problem is property tax statewide went up $200 million. So $51 million put in, 200 taken out, it doesn't help us much. You are part of the True Nebraskan Petition Drive, Nebraskans, I should say, Petition Drive. Tell us a little bit about who that group is and, and what the goal is. The, the instigators or the guys, the people that are running it uh, are Paul Van Buren and uh, Ed Trumper. And those two gentlemen live in the eastern part of the state. Uh, they've spent uh, hundreds, hundreds of hours circulating petitions, training people to circulate petitions, and doing everything necessary to get this on the ballot in 2020. Uh, their goal is to collect 121,000 signatures to place it on the ballot in 2020 so the voters get a chance to vote on how their taxes collected and spent. One of the things that frequently gets brought up during the session is tax, ex- tax exemptions at the state level. A lot of them fall under agriculture, and certainly your constituents would care about that. Do you think there's too many tax exemptions in general in the state of Nebraska right now? Are you referring to sales tax exemption? Sales tax specifically, yeah. There, there are too many sales tax exemptions, and we need to look at what is exempt and what isn't. Uh, one of the city councilmen in Sydney told me that when they started implementing sales tax back in 1967, in Sydney, 96% of everything sold in the city was taxed, sales tax. And today that number is below 50%. So we have exempted a lot of things that we don't collect sales tax on that we should restore. Senator Erdman, what else would you like to add today? Well, you know, we're seeking, I'm seeking re-election, and over the last three years, one of the things that I've tried to do is represent people as best I can, and I would explain that by saying that I do care. And uh, last evening, I probably had the greatest compliment that I've received in the three years I've been here. A gentleman said, it's a breath of fresh air to find somebody that actually does care. And I thought, uh, that is exactly what I've been trying to do. I will continue to try to do that. I've reached out to people no matter what district they're from. If they live in Nebraska and they have an issue and I can help them, I will try to help them. That was Senator Steve Erdman, who represents the 47th Legislative District in the Nebraska Unicameral. Today we are broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio. Of course, our reports from here are brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at the at business, see what's going on around the world. First of all, in the world markets, the Japanese Nikkei was down 109 points once again in the Hang Seng in Hong Kong with all the turbulence going on there, down 416 points. The FTSE in London was down 23, and the German DAX index is down 20. Here in the United States, not a lot better news. Everything in the red, but not severely in the red uh, no major losses at this time the dow jones industrial average down 16 nasdaq was down 17 and the standard and poor was down three bob rogan here for more stocks lower on wall street as traders continue to stew about the u.s and china and uh, stewing that they won't agree on a trade deal this year world shares also dropped despite the chinese commerce ministry's efforts to bat away rumors that the talks are in trouble. New tariffs are scheduled to hit key consumer goods on December 15th, including smartphones, laptops, and other items. Meanwhile, on a positive note, Americans purchased more homes in October. Those sales were held back by a shortage of available properties. 
The National Association of Realtors says that sales of existing homes rose 1.9% last month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.46 million. General Motors is recalling over 640,000 pickup trucks worldwide. Hope they don't show up all at the same time because hot gas from a high-tech seat belt can set the carpeting on fire. There goes the weekend. The yeah. recall covers certain 2019 and 2020 Chevrolet, Silverado, and GMC Sierra 1500 trucks all have carpet as a floor covering. GM says it uses a small explosion to move a piston that tightens belts before a crash. And uh, the British band Coldplay has decided not to launch a global tour because of environmental concerns. I will not be going into a funk over that. Frontman Chris Martin tells the BBC that the band is not going on tour to promote its latest album because it wants to take time to determine how a tour can be beneficial to the environment. And the Omaha City Council has decided to subject vaping products to the city's tobacco tax. The council voted for the measure and decided to make permanent the city's 3% tax on tobacco products. The vaping product addition could spur an estimated $1 million in increase in the tobacco tax, which now raises about $3.5 million a year. Those are the business headlines. All right. Thank you very much. Among the gainers, Charles Schwab. Losers, ironically, E-Trade. That's the business. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. It is day two of the McCook Farm Ranch and Hemp Expo. That is the last day back inside the Kiplinger Arena. We are at Heartland Partners in Realty and Auction and talking with Mark Hamel. He is the man behind it. Multi-generation family, 71 years in business. And you guys know land auctions. Have one actually coming up December 4th. Tell us more about it. Yeah, Clay, we do. we got an interesting little 125-acre track just two miles north of McCook on the east side of Highway 83. 125 acres of cropland, and it lays very nice, very accessible, good location. It is an absolute auction. We're going to do that December 4th on Wednesday right here in McCook at the Red Willow County Fairgrounds Community Building. And, uh, again, it is an absolute auction, 125 acres. Anybody that's interested, you can certainly go to our website, hprealty.net, and click on it and see the maps, all the information, everything's right there. Or if you have other questions, stop by the booth here at the expo. We're about right in the middle of the Kiplinger Big Arena. Or call me on my cell phone, 308-962-6236. Again, we're talking with Mark Hamel. He is the man behind Heartland Partners Realty and Auctioneer. 71 years in business. They've been serving Kansas and Nebraska since 1948. They know land and equipment sales. So talk to Mark on all your auction needs. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network at the McCook Farm Ranch and Hemp Expo. In the grain markets today, corn was a little higher, soybeans and wheat dropped again. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network, joined by John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter, This Week in Grain. Well, we've had, you know, a big spread between Chicago and Kansas City uh, wheat. Chicago is also at a premium to Minneapolis wheat. You don't find this happening very often. Yeah, tomorrow I'll have that numbers for you to try to see if we've ever been drastically higher. I think in the last delivery period we had, which was... 
would have been September, August time period. I'm pretty sure the, I'm thinking my brain here, August was, uh, yeah, we were even cheaper at that point on the, on the Chicago side. So this might be the first time in a while we've seen that. Casey, um, you know, obviously holding its own as well. Uh, Minneapolis, it's, it's really tough to, to argue what's going on there because my argument of why KC has been trading higher is based off the fact that the Canadian rail strike has been going on. That is, appears to be easing, but we never even really saw the rally on the Minneapolis. Uh, you still have the big stocks, the useful problem that you have in the, in the KC. So my deduction would be KC's coming with it here. So uh, we had a week close today on the KC market, 420. Um, my thought would be we're going to four bucks over the next seven to eight days. That's a hunch, not a not a certainty. Of course, my crystal ball doesn't doesn't tend to work out that far. But um, uh, if I was guessing, I would say we're going to test four bucks at some point here. And I think corn probably has another ten down. Um, you know, fall if if what's happened in the past happens here in the future. And of course, it's not not certain to do that. But uh, I would not be jumping in to buy corn, especially on a green day. I think you wait a week. Uh, back into next week, you start to pick away at that March contract. If it would be down near 370, I think that's your green light. You know, 370, 365. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and uh, the weather we're having up this way is we're gonna have corn in the field probably till Christmas. I would imagine in a lot of places, maybe possibly beyond that. So um, I kind of think you see a yield cut at some point, but uh, today is not the day uh, to be buying commodities as the China story's kind of taking over. Yeah, and the crops up in the upper Midwest, if they are in the field through the winter season you'll see some quality issues as well plus crop progress reports are going to be issued into december simply because of the delay right yeah, absolutely, and, and then, you know, the Wazir report in December and then the January, they, they could play with the acreage still. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot here, I think, that can change it. I think just in the near term, producers, you know, southern producers more need to clear grain, and I think that in the near term here, we're, uh, we're more focused on that, and the market is, you know, if you listen to this every day, you know I'm real myopic on delivery. Delivery is nine days away. The time to buy it is usually at that delivery point. The time to sell it is two to three weeks ahead. So far, the, the, the pattern is held. We'll see if we get a little further push, but uh, I'd be patient. Thanks. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to the website, danielsagmarketing.com. And that's going to do it for our midday program on this Thursday on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on KRVN. Brought to you by Divinity Motors. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.